This is Laura Deardo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Jennifer Rose, Vice President of Revenue Cycle for Henry Ford Health. Jennifer, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about. Henry Ford is going through a ton of transformation, just like any other health system right now, and especially <laughs> yeah. on the revenue cycle side. Um, but before we dive into that, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, uh, I have been with Henry Ford for uh, almost nine years at this point. I have spent uh, my uh, entire time at Henry Ford in Revenue Cycle in a few various roles. Uh, prior to that, I worked in Revenue Cycle for Bob Secor Mercy Health in Cincinnati and Toledo, Ohio. At the time, it was Catholic Health Partners. They've uh, since, you know, had changes, uh, partnered with uh, Bob Secor. And um, so, yeah, and so I've, I've spent um, my entire healthcare career in revenue cycle, uh, front, middle, and back. So I've got kind of experience across the continuum. Uh, prior to that, I uh, was actually a professional opera singer, um, and I still um, sing. I maintain a local performing career in the Detroit area. So um, uh, don't ask me how I got into healthcare revenue cycle from opera, uh, but it was it's been quite the journey. <laughs> I can imagine. That's amazing. And what a fascinating uh, personal history there. You know, when you think about your career and your time as a professional opera singer, is there anything that you learned from that experience um, that has served you well in the revenue cycle side or even in the healthcare space? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love when people ask me that question <laughs> because um, there's so much that's transferable. You know, you, you don't always think going from a sort of creative career to a very um, you know, a finance oriented uh, uh, segment of healthcare has a lot of in things in common, but I have found that there's um, a lot that has been transferable. Um, some, some things, you know, um, more than others, but um, uh, probably first is just um, discipline. You know, you learn when you study classical music, whether it's an instrument or classical voice and opera, you really have to be um, self-motivated and very disciplined, you know, hour, hundreds and hundreds of hours in the practice room. And, you know, no one tells you, uh, no one, no one makes you do that. So um, just kind of the, the, the um, commitment and discipline required to, to, you know, um, perform at that level is very, was very transferable to revenue cycle. Um, you tackle problems in revenue cycle that are complex and have no easy solutions, and you have to really be um, disciplined in your approach and persistent. Um, and then the other thing is, I actually, this might sound weird, but I actually find revenue cycle to be a very creative um, enterprise. I think um, with all of the complex issues we face and really complex processes, there's a lot of room for creativity and how you design your work and your processes and technologies and automation and you might people may maybe don't think of revenue cycle as a creative endeavor but I actually do so um, I, those those two things have been very transferable. Well, that's amazing to hear. And certainly, you know, I, I can definitely understand what you're talking about, looking at the discipline and being able to be persistent and just self-motivated yeah. about how you do things. Um, I'm not quite quite yeah. as much of a singer before, but, you know, uh, definitely spent a lot of time writing and on stage and, and performing and whatnot. And it definitely, um, you know, a lot yeah. of that comes into the professional space and translates really well. Yeah, Absolutely. 
Perfect. Well, you know, given your background, could you tell me about um, your most successful project from the last year or two? What did you do and how did you measure the results? Yeah, um, we've had uh, several successful projects. Um, I would say one of our most successful has been our work to um, integrate um, a large portion of our patient access operation um, and uh, do a sort of complete redesign from the ground up of the work processes, the work queues, and the technologies um, uh, for a, a large portion of that operation. The, uh, it's, uh, it's been a, a journey, a multi-year journey. Um, we consolidated, uh, we integrated the sort of what we call the back office patient access functions. Um, so things like, you know, insurance verification, pre-registration, uh, financial counseling, um, that type of work. Um, and we've, we've integrated that across um, a lot of the health system into a, a single team. And as part of that process, we did a complete, um, complete redesign of all of that team's work processes. Um, we created brand new uh, work queue structures, rules, um, there was a huge technology component to that. It really covered um, about 75 staff, uh, the work of about 75 staff members across uh, about 200 work queues. Um, and our goal for that um, really was to create a, quite a bit of operational efficiency, um, really by moving to uh, from a very, um, you know, a model where uh, folks were not always working in exception-based processes and, um, you know, not always working in a way that was conducive to, you know, productivity and quality management, um, really towards um, a very, uh, what we like to call uh, homogeneous work queue structures. So like work is put together in the same work queue so that you have, you know, as accurate as possible um, productivity measures for each work queue and sort of, you know, um, time per case and things like that. And then really also using our um, technology as much as we can to drive that work, um, drive exception-based work so that, um, you know, what gets teed up for the staff is really um, the most important work and it's the most prioritized work that they need need to see. So, I, you know, that's, it's been a multi-year journey. Um, it's, you know, involved people, process, technology, culture, all of those things. You know, we so far have been um, quite successful. Um, we uh, there's a, a few ways we've measured our progress. We have been able to achieve uh, cost savings, um, labor cost savings from um, attrition as we've become more efficient in our operation. Um, we're still, I would say, we're still, um, you know, in the phase, uh, the final phase of the project where. We're live with the new work queues. We're live with the new technologies and, you know, team structure. We still have quite a bit of work to do to kind of align um, the right people to the right work. And I think once we do that, we'll really be able to fully measure, you know, how, what has our productivity improvement been? You know, what uh, has our, our full cost savings been? We, we've already been able to achieve some cost savings, um, but... I think once we kind of get through the last phase of the project, um, we'll really be able to take a step back and evaluate our overall results. Um, and, you know, the, the whole reason now that we can do that work of aligning the right people to the right work 
is because we've you know done this redesign and we have so much more data now that we really just didn't have any visibility before into the inflow and the outflow um, of the work queues and 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 the work so yeah yeah I, I think all of those are excellent points and thank you so much for going through the as you mentioned, the process of your project, um, the impact that it has, and then, you know, looking at how you're measuring success and, uh, again, looking to the future of getting the right people in the right spots and, um, you know, how that could really make a difference as you continue on this journey. Um, I know it's something <laughs> yeah. that certainly a lot of organizations are working on and trying to figure out how technology and people can work together better in the revenue cycle space. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny, I was just talking to one of my colleagues about this today. There's that old adage, people process technology. Um, I like to flip that around to say technology process people. That's not to say people aren't first, you know, people come first. But I think when you think about designing your work, designing your operation, you really have to start with, you know, what is the technology? How can we create the best processes, the most error-proof technology and then how do we bring in the people to you know be in the right spots with the technology and the processes we build that's such an excellent point and you know now looking into the future what are your top priorities over the next 12 months or so yeah um great question so we do a lot of work um one of the one of my favorite most favorite things about my job um and working in revenue cycle at henry ford is that we um, have a really robust process for strategic planning. We just did another um, every two years or so, um, and we, re we refreshed the plan constantly, but um, we just underwent another cycle of strategic, um, you know, two to five year strategic planning and um, really set our priorities um, for the next couple of years. I would say in revenue cycle and including, my, you know, particularly my areas that I have operational responsibility for, some of our top priorities are, uh, obviously, automation and technology projects are feature very heavily in our 2024 playbook and in our strategic plan. Um, I think specifically, you know, um, a couple of things in that space. One is, um, this is really, uh, has a lot to do, with, uh, you know, we deal with this a lot in my areas in particular in the patient access space, which is um, data management, the curation of data, um, data governance. You know, you hear a lot of people say you can't automate a bad process, which is absolutely true. Um, you also can't automate using bad data. And the volume of data that comes through a revenue cycle is huge. And, you know, um, for example, in my areas, you know, we use real-time eligibility, our real-time eligibility tool to understand whether a patient is, you know, eligible for a certain coverage and what they're coverage and benefits are, and um, that data, ultimately that information comes in loops and segments in a file. And if, you know, if you're not kind of good with managing all of that data, it's hard to automate workflows um, based on that, you know, based on bad data. So that's one area I'd say. And, and in addition to kind of continuing to drive our um, automation projects, um, expanding our native automation and Epic, uh, Epic's our EMR that we use at Henry Ford. There's always a, a balance between like how, how many, how much resources, you know, how, how, what resourcing do you put on sort of incremental automation 
and continuous improvement versus really more transformational efforts. And so we have both of those in our strategic plan, you know, continuing to improve just kind of our incremental automation as the technologies improve and then looking at how can we transform, you know, what are some transformational opportunities for automation and then layering there's, you know, automation is not one monolith. It's, I'll use the term we like to use in revenue cycle here at Henry Ford. It's a mosaic. You know, you've got robotic process automation. You've got native automation in Epic. And you may, you know, layer on a, an RPA sort of bot solution. And then six months later, Epic comes out and has a, you know, automation within the EMR. And so then you're unwinding what you built and, you know, building an Epic. And you've got to really maintain that flexibility. Um, so a lot of automation and technology projects in our strategic plan. Um, another is payer collaboration. Every revenue cycle recognizes the importance of partnerships and relationships with payers. I think, um, I don't know that I fully appreciated until the last year or two, um, how critical sometimes it is to get payers to the table when you want to do an automation project. Um, sometimes you need them and you need the payers cooperation when you want to you know, build a bot that goes to a website and do they have a CAPTCHA? Do they have something that's going to prevent your RPA from working? Or maybe you want to automate prior auth. And, you know, we're, we're working on this in my space, uh, in my area a lot around prior auth automation and payers, there's a huge variation in what sort of direct connections that payers, you know, will have available for you to, to automate prior auth transactions. And, you know, the more you can get payers to the table to cooperate, um, th sometimes the easier it is to uh, be successful at automation projects. So peer collaboration and sort of from the lens of automation, in addition to the lens of all of the other, you know, challenges we deal with operationally with payers, I think is important. And then culture, continuing to work on um, building a really good culture, especially, you know, um, as automation is accelerating, um, as sort of AI is, is um, you know, I have mixed thoughts on AI, but as it kind of comes onto the horizon, I think it's really important to, um, you know, you're never done building a great culture. And as you, you know, as we move further and further into the world of automation and, and AI, it's going to continue to be, you know, critical that you, you know, keep trying to build the best culture you can. Absolutely. What an excellent point. And, you know, with the last minute or two here, how do you anticipate your role in teams will change? As you mentioned, there's so many things that are driving transformation, whether it's technology or those partnerships with payers, et cetera. What do you really see as being a change mechanism for you and your teams? Oh, good question. I think, um, you know, there's a, a lot of folks in the industry talk about sort of the shift um, in kind of the work worker of the future, workforce of the future. I think that's real and true. I think there's going to be a continued importance on, you know, shifting more toward knowledge workers. Um, I think specifically in the revenue cycle space, it's really finding and developing talent for, you know, people who can manage complex processes and pull out as much waste as possible um, and then, you know, have the kind of um, savvy to know 
you know, where automation might fit in that process. And that's a, that is a very, uh, sometimes it can be a very different skill set than um, someone who is managing a, a production operation where, you know, you're really focused on the number of widgets and getting claims out the door and, um, you know, kind of working through uh, production operation sort of as efficiently as possible. So I think that's one way that I think we've seen, I know I've personally seen uh, my teams and sort of the need for that type of talent change and will I think continue to accelerate in the future. Um, and then I think um, relationship building will continue to be really important. Relationships with payers, relationships with your, you know, technologies, technology vendors, that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's how some of the ways I see it changing. That's really fascinating. And I love the way you put that, having, you know, those knowledge workers in place who can really simplify complex processes and, and manage them appropriately. And then building those relationships are going to be most fruitful um, for the organizations going yeah. forward. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining yeah. us on the podcast today. This has been really a fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Yeah, thank you, Laura. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.